If you like the StuCast, you might want to check out what's going on over at inthemoneypodcast.com and on the In The Money Media Network. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts devoted to horse racing from the player development side to the week in, week out gambling side to the horseman side. There's going to be a show for you. Come check us out in themoneypodcast.com and we look forward to seeing you there. All right, it's Friday. You know what that means. Another episode of the StuCast. And today we go around the turn. We're bringing it back. We got three superstars to help us digest this big Saturday card at Belmont. I'll get right to them. We'll get to the rules in a little bit because they don't really matter. Our guests are what matters the most. And I'm gonna br- first of all, I'm going to bring on my friend, a great guy. I have his number on my phone. We talk, we text. He is the great Tyler Hoffman. Tyler, it's so good to talk to you, bud. That was my intro. You were going to be nice to me today. I can't I'm always it. nice to you. I, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless, but thank you for having me on, Stu. You're a great hand to you. a great buddy, too. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I mean, I figured I should be really nice to you considering you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. This guy is ice cold. You fade him. Anything he says today, folks, fade him. Um, but yeah, good like to see my Dodgers. Yo, I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, right after that, I mean, it, it gets even better. You got the host of Redboard Rewind, wherever you get your podcast at ITM feed, just hit it up. And he's starring in Smurfs too. Uh, so that's that's exciting. Spencer Lugendo. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm just happy to see that I have, you know, all the guests you got, you know, are already guests that I've had. So, I mean... Let's just keep it that way, man. We'll keep you in the host chair and away from my show. <laughs> Absolutely, Papa Smurf. Love it. And I do hear, I, I hear a noise. I don't know if you guys want to check your levels. Um, it sounds like the like somebody's hitting a trash can. So that either means it's a fastball <laughs> inside or Nick Tamro's here. Nick, it's good to see you, bud. It's great to see you and everybody. There's, a, there's actually a trash can sound throughout the entire city of Houston. Oh, so okay. we just adopted it as an actual sound. <laughs> I was actually at, at, right. Yeah. I, I might. Uh, yeah. That thundering sound is the rocket season ending about three months ago. I'm wondering if now maybe we can add to the repertoire and forgive my use of the colorful language, the Yankee fans chance of fuck Altuve, which went very, uh, very aggressive throughout the three game series. So, yeah, I mean, when you look back, it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, he absolutely, positively did not know Araldus was throwing a slider there. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> he said his wife didn't like him taking his shirt off when he had a walk-off earlier in the year. Come on, that's like a perfectly reasonable that's, explanation. That, that's very reasonable. Plus, I mean, my wife has told me not to take my shirt off in public too. It has nothing to do with what I might have taped to my chest. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, Gatorade gets on that. You get electrocuted. If I've seen it once, I've seen it at least three times. I got to be honest, Nick, the whole image of you taking off your shirt is making me uncomfortable right now. Well, what do you think I got that advice for? <laughs> I, she well, it's making you uncomfortable. I see Spencer is, uh, the eyebrows are furrowing. That could be the unibrow. I don't know, though. Uh, let's start off race six, gentlemen, the bouquet. Uh, it is race six Saturday. I'm going to let Nick, um, the only one who actually is a successful contest player in this group, I'm going to let him start. 
I don't know if that's completely true, but Tyler, I, I will let you handle your own business. Um, I'm glad I get the leadoff spot on this one because it gives me an opportunity to talk about my girl, Harvey's little Goyle, who I'm very excited to see back off the layoff, who uh, had a really good 2020, looked to be actually an Oaks contender and then ended up doing good things actually on both turf and dirt. And uh, I was actually very surprised after the uh, Queen Elizabeth II that she ran as well as she did in the Breeders' Cup. And I think she's just a really talented horse. And I think she's catching the majority of this field at the right time. La Mista is uh, making her, her debut in America for Chad Brown. We've, obviously, this is a race like most other graded stakes races on the turf in New York that Chad has dominated. And so it's going to be no great surprise if La Mista is, uh, is up to this task. I'll tell you, though, it's interesting, and I think it's actually a good kind of handicapping roundtable type question. One of the big angles on these horses used to be them getting Lasix for the first time, and now they're not in graded stakes races. So it's actually going to be interesting to see if they hold up the same way. But I like that Harvey's little Goyle has uh, tactical speed, should be sitting right off of Platinum Painter. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking she's going to get the job done, even off the layoff, probably at a relatively short price. All right, Nick, with Harvey's little Goyle. Uh, Spencer, since I know you got to get back to uh, the Hobbit exhibit at Universal, you go ahead. Let's, uh, let's start off with Civil Union here. Obviously, one of my favorite jockeys, Joel Rosario. Uh, goes for Suge. I just love the form that this that uh, this mare was in. All the wins, the Flower Bowl, Glens Fall, the allowance win, and then really, really ran ran her ass off in the in the uh, Breeders' Cup. And I think coming off the layoff for someone like Suge, who's twenty three percent solid, solid turf trainer, this is one that I think being second choice, you know, can kind of play the upset role against Harvey's Little Goyle. All right, we'll round it out with Tyler. Tyler, who are you going with here? Um, and folks, remember, this one will not win. Go ahead, Ty. For, first off, I just want everybody to know, whenever I do well in a contest, Stu is like fangirling my messages on my phone. He's <laughs> always blowing me up. So, I mean, I don't know I'm what, trying to make you hard feel to get better. right now. I don't know what this is. That's what friends uh, do. Yeah, I, I'm going back to my analysis here. So I'm going to take uh, the tours, La Mista for Chad Brown, because it's Chad Brown's a turf race. We're in New York, and he wins like 98% of these. I have no idea if this Philly's any good. Don't really care. I'm trust that Chad has already. He's got her spotted appropriately, and uh, that's who's going to win the race anyway. That's it. That's the analysis. All right. Well, uh, I like that it's succinct, so I'm giving you one quarter of a <laughs> point. Spencer, you're getting half a point. Um, Nick, you're getting 10. All right. Next race. Race seven um you guys got a little bit to make up on nick here the vagrancy uh named after spencer luganville uh so we'll start off with you um you know where are you going in the vagrancy i want to go with a horse like honor way for charlie baker and jose ortiz i just love the fact eight for ten in the exact at belmont four for eight at the distance this really to me is more of a you know horse for course distance specialist type uh Won a couple of listed stakes and also uh, came second in the Gallant Bloom. This one, I think, just coming off that just slight miss in the grade three. First off the layoff, I think we're going to see nice improvement here and has back numbers like in the pumpkin pie that make her really, really formidable in this race. All right, Tyler. Oh, Tyler, before you give your pick, can you move that $9 check you got from Santa Anita? Can you move that up a little bit closer so the people can see it? Oh, actually, Stu, that decimal point is four digits over. I know you can't see too well, 
Might want to get that prescription check. Oh, okay. Just wanted to check and see. By the way, that's great handicapping your dad did, not you. We know that. <laughs> hey, if they don't call us Hoffman LLC for nothing, Stu. <laughs> can Such I, a can selfish I go per- yeah, for being a selfish person, pretty self-absorbed. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm gonna go to the number six Pacific Gale. And I like this mare a lot. This would be a single for me. Um, and pick fives, pick sixes. She's really turned the corner here in her six-year-old campaign. Um, obviously took down the inside info and then, and then backed up the performance uh, in the, I don't know what stakes were, the Harrison Birdie stakes uh, down at, at Gulfstream Park. Two things that I really liked about her in both of those efforts uh, was the push button nature of her runs. You go back and watch the tape. She had to wait for room in both races, pretty much the entire far turn and negotiated traffic while swinging out three wide. Once she did, she just took off uh, to win both races for fun. She returns to a track in Belmont that she seems to enjoy. I think she's the sharp horse now. She should set a pretty good trip for the place. Kind of envision that three wide tracking trip. Uh, and I, if we got five to two, I would love that. But I think she'll be much shorter come post time. All right, let's finish this up with the guy who doesn't like to sit with the regular folks at the Kentucky Derby because he's special, Nick Tamron. My parents told me I was special too. Uh, I I like victim of love. So this worked out well because uh, I actually think all three of the horses that we're going to talk about can win. Um, But victim of love was, was a winner of this race last year at 27 to one in a big upset. That was on a, on a racetrack that was a a little bit on the wetter side. She actually ended up coming back and running really well in the ballerina on Travers day. And then the layoff clearly was not by design and she didn't look great in the comeback, but she didn't have the best trip. She didn't get out of the gate all that well. There wasn't a hell of a lot of pace in front of her. I thought she ran pretty well, all things considered, and now has an opportunity to take a little bit of a step forward. Sadie Lady's pretty much the only real speed in here, and she's going to be set up right outside of her. So I think that give, that really gives you something to latch on to, and Rosario getting on to me is a positive sign. So I've generally been dismissive of these kind of horses over the years, but dirt racing in New York has slid so much that Penn National shippers, park shippers, mid-Atlantic, you got to take them all very seriously. And I think Victim of Love is going to be interesting around that four to one morning line. All right, gentlemen, we're halfway through the stretch. We'll be back right after these words. Hello, Derby fans. This is Tom Gallo with Dream Maker Racing, proud sponsor of the Stewcast. Have you ever dreamed of getting your picture taken in the winter circle at racetracks like Saratoga and Belmont Park? Let us get you there through our incredible racehorse partnerships that have been built on years of experience in the industry. Dreammaker Racing is the premier partnership in New York, running New York Reds in the state of New York. From our on-site hospitality, excellent owner communication, and overall incredible experience, We have been able to serve people from all over the world for nearly two decades and get them crazy about horse racing. Stop by our website today, dreammakerracing.com, for more information. We can make your racing dreams come true. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Score totals. Uh, We had a, a nice little discussion. Tyler, minus a quarter of a point, you're down to zero. Uh, Spencer, it's on her way, not on her way. I don't know where you got that from. That's minus half a point for not pronouncing the horse's name properly. Nick, um, one point. So 
Uh, it's 11 to nothing to nothing. You guys got time to make it up. Uh, I think you'll do it here, Tyler. Um, I mean, that's, if the vagrancy is named after uh, Spencer, this one's got your name over it. The Peter Pan Stakes. Go ahead there, Tinkerbell. <laughs> what, you can't get Peter with some tights? I'm not going to go there. Uh I actually like something in here quite a bit. It took me a while to, to land on a runner here. And before I give it out, Nick, I got a question for you. Have you heard, is risk-taking going to go to the Preakness? Or uh, the last, last I heard was earlier tonight. It's it's like a 50-50 call. So they're they're still thinking about it. I think they have a jockey uh, situation to figure out if he does go. So I, I think we'll know tomorrow, hopefully. I don't think it'll take until Saturday. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I, if I knew, I would certainly let you know. Actually, on that topic, I will say, and I should have brought it up last race, French Empire is going to scratch from the vagrancy. So luckily, none of us picked her. Um, anybody who's watching this in advance of Saturday, she's going to run in the skip it at Pimlico next week. So, but yeah, no no official word on risk-taking. And I did see that Chad Brown said, I think to whoever wrote the story in DRF today, that he was strongly considering the Preakness for risk-taking as well. So um, yeah, we'll find out, I guess, but no telling. Well, with that said, I hope the risk-taking stays in because risk-taking will take a ton of money in here. I don't like risk-taking in the spot at all. <laughs> My horse is the number three promise keeper for Todd Fletcher. It's actually the, the second of his two runners. I don't know what's going on. And Spencer, Nick, you guys might have noticed this just watching tapes. But all the tapes at Keeneland, the chart caller is just omitting negative starts, just completely ignoring the fact that they occur. Promise keeper, when... He broke his maiden over the slop at Gulfstream Park back in February. Nice wire-to-wire -wire effort. Um, throw out the Tampa Bay Derby race, just things didn't go right. Um, maybe it was not having Lasix. I don't know. The ship, whatever it is, dismissed it. Last time was a very nice win, but what's not even noted in the form is that this one hesitated to start and spotted the field almost two lengths. And it's, there's no mention of it. It just says stock three paths, second, swept past. With that being said, with a sharp break in here, I expect Luis Saez to be aggressive up front. I expect him to take it to the field early. I expect to have a two-lane fleet all the way around the track and to be uh, straight and strong in the lane. And hopefully we'll get all of it 72 price if risk-taking stays in, in this field, seven to five morning line. All right, Nick, where are you going? You know, uh, not knowing what the, when, by the way, the chart color in Kentucky is terrible. Yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, he's also notorious for putting things like 10 wide in when the horse is like six pass off the rail down the stretch when width doesn't even matter. So anyway, that being said, um, I was very, and I agree with you about risk taking. It just seems like a, a fool's errand to take this horse at potentially seven to five or eight to five off, just a miserable effort with no excuse. And, you know, even though Mandaloon ran well last week off of a non-effort at fairgrounds, the majority of the time when horses do absolutely no running, like risk taking did in the wood or Mandaloon did in the Louisiana Derby, they don't come back and run well. So, I mean, for a horse like risk taking, I need to see that he's in one piece. Right. So that's why I think he'll probably end up here. I, I don't have any any real insight. Uh, I was in, extremely intrigued in from seeing the overnight that Wolfie's Dynaghost landed here. And Wolfie's Dynaghost won an absolutely loaded maiden race at Aqueduct in, in November. And people laugh and think that I'm just being a little ridiculous when I say that the best maiden racing in New York every year is at Aqueduct in the fall. It's the deepest and most competitive by far. Looking through the field that he was in, Weyburn finished second. Dynamic one was up the track. Uh, there was another horse who ended up breaking his maiden next time out that was an also ran. It was a very, very strong field. This horse was training well, coming in, ran extremely well, even though dismissed at 33 and a half to one. Um, this is a obviously a very tough spot 
for a horse off the bench. But, you know, I, I think you it, it's and, and I don't want to say in Albertrani, I trust because I don't. But I think the fact that he's willing to go here and willing to try something like this to me with risk taking out of it and overtook is basically, you know, overtook and, and, and I am the law are basically non-factors. Hey, he's trying to be promise keeper in Nova Rags and they're not they're not anybody that you should fear too much, at least based on the quality of his debut effort. So I'm going to take a little shot that uh, that Wolfie's Dynagos can handle the jump in class. There certainly were one other than that they could have gotten him to. And maybe this is just a starting point. So we'll we'll see. But I think he'll he'll still go off a pretty fair price. And I think he's definitely got a lot of upside. All right. Last and certainly least Spencer. Thank you, Nick, for taking the horse I was going to, going to pick. But uh, we'll go with Overtook uh, for Johnny V and Todd. Just I feel like when you're a million dollar purchase out of or uh, by Curlin and the uh, running second in the Withers, I just feel like there is more for this horse to uh, accomplish. Obviously, running second to risk taking, like we've all said, I don't think any of us like risk taking at the price. But uh, in Todd Pletcher, I do trust. Uh, super solid off layoffs. This one has worked a couple bullets. I'm uh. I'm ready to see if they can have this one fire off the bench. It did take a couple starts to break the maidens, so that is a little bit worrying, though, coming off the layoff. Well, I've got bad news for you and Tyler Spencer. Uh, you guys didn't pick the right horse. Um, Nick's absolutely right, so you guys both get zero. Nick, you got 10 points by picking Wolfie's Dining Ghost. It was the right choice. However minus 21 for the shade thrown at the Kentucky chart caller. I don't know where that came from. Uh, so we got a tie ball game. Uh, pretty tough, pretty tough stuff. We're going to, we're going to head into the 10th race. It's all tied three zeros. Shocking race 10 man award, Nick, you know, without throwing shade at, uh, you know, the Belterra chart caller here. Uh, what do you think in the man of war? I better be careful about jockeys or anybody like that if you're this uh, supportive of. Oh no, that's party. fair game. Oh no. Okay. Well, no. Uh, well, I'm going to give you a six to one winner in the in the man of war because a field pass is going to wire this field. Uh, this is this to me is a Saez on the pace on the grass special, um, like we've seen Mike Maker stretching horse out that has been somewhat effective going shorter, but has a little bit of pedigree to go long. Uh, this horse is sort of crying out for something like this. And there is not one iota of early speed in this race outside of him. I, you know what Saez is going to do. And it's really his for the taking on the front end. This horse ran exceptionally well in the Maker's Mark Mile last time. It really, the running line belies the, the quality of the race he ran. The pace was extremely strong in there. He really was never far off of it at all. And he battled all the way to the finish. So I, I think coming out of that, He's going to run very, very well, second off the layoff, and still probably his best race to date. Prior to that, Maker's Mark Mile came when he wired the field in the Audubon at Churchill last year. So obviously he has two horses to beat on the inside and outside, which I'm sure one of, of two of Tyler and Spencer will talk about, but I'd rather have a little bit of value with field pass. Makes sense. Tyler, where are we going? It's kind of amazing. Nick gave analysis that makes all the sense in the world, and he threw shade at both Spencer and I. I mean, that was a talented... <laughs> Two-minute, you know, spiel. Yeah, it just as a newsflash, you guys can't beat them. I'm still pissed about losing those 11 points. So, or 21. It's actually 21, oh, yeah. but, I had yeah. to elevate my game. I mean, I, I know the chart caller. He gets me uh, derby uh, spots. I sit up in the balcony next to yeah. Travis. The, so there's, the room a, there's over. a price for you, huh? That's what yeah, I, I mean, it, it hits home. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to the outside. I'm going to go to Gaffo. 
I think Gafoe has one wicked close. I'm still not over his loss in the Hollywood Derby at Delmar in the fall. Uh, came home in 33 and two fifths. We always talk about the part times. So that's a three furlong closing fraction. So 36 is the average. Uh, obviously, closing in three, 33 and two fifths is terrific. They've taken, come on, taking his time getting this one back to the races. I think that, you know, you know what his end game is. He's going to sit back, he's going to make one run, he's going to come flying. I'm not convinced Field Pass wants this distance. I agree with Nick that Field Pass probably gets the lead. The only other runner I can even see trying to challenge would be the, the Grand Motion Horse, number three, Zayad. But even that one, I don't think really wants the lead. So it'll be Field Passes to take. Um, but I'm going to trust in Gafo's closing kick and hope that he gets there and that he's slightly better than the Chad Brown runner on the inside. All right. Is there still some meat on the bone left for you, Spencer? Uh, I'm just going to say, I think that we should all lose because none of us picked uh, Chad Brown in a long turf race at Naira. Uh, I'm going with Moon over Miami uh, ever since Junior climbed aboard again. And uh, this horse came off the layoff. Just looks like a brand new improved horse. 96, 97 buyers in the McDermott and the Pan American. I just feel like we'll see a little bit more improvement. I like what Nick said about, you know, field pass having that loose and early lead that one one super, super solid race. If it's not him at eight to one or at six to one, maybe it's Muno from Miami at eight to one. Okay. Well, you just eliminated yourself. That's a minus a point because you basically huh? said Nick was right. Uh, Tyler, you get a point. Um, yes. I thought, I thought what you said was pretty well-rounded and, and Nick, because you body bagged these two jabronis took their souls out of their body you get five points, you win this week. Who could have seen it coming? It happened though. Thank all four of us. <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah, as soon as he showed up. Yeah, he was winning. I mean, he's Nick Cameron. You guys are you. You know, I'll take it. And really, I was ready for whoever picked Sovereign with my Chad Brown first time in North America grade one on turf stat, which I didn't even get to use. One oh, for nine, 37 cent ROI, no winner since Flincher. Really? Just put him in the winner's circle. Five yep. years. How much is he going to win by? But I already won, so time, we're done now. First time in North America, Chad Brown? Grade on? one's on the turf. One I, for I nine. That's real But tough. it's not a grade one. He said grade one. Oh. That's only a grade three. That's totally different. Oh, oh the different. first one? Yeah, no. Like only a grade yeah, that, that, that doesn't count. I wonder what he's going to do. Good try to discredit me. I appreciate that. Completely different, yeah. You're so selfish. Anyway, uh, gentlemen. Me or somebody else, I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, gentlemen, we got races 8 and 11 we didn't cover. Do you guys have any thoughts on those or a particular horse to look for on Saturday in a, in a race outside these? I have a runner. Go ahead, Tyler. The last race at Belmont, race 11. There's a horse that is going to be go off a big, big price, and it's not obvious that there was that this was a poor trip. And that is the number four wow for trainer Mark Henning and jockey Eric Kinsell. Last time off the layoff, running a mile and eighth at Aqueduct, this one had a no chance trip, was out three, four, five wide every step of the way and uncovered. Actually finished up better than one would think for that amount of ground loss. Uh, I'm expecting a more covered up trip and a, a run run effort. So I think that one fits, goes back to Cancel we had three seconds with this one, uh, with this Philly at the end of last year. So I think that one's a live horse to throw in for the, uh, the pick five, pick six, pick four, pick three, that I know Spencer loves, the daily double, and least of all, the win bet. Yeah, the big pick three player, Spencer, do you have anything? Uh, I'm just excited to see uh, 
in race number four in the uh, mattress Mac grade three, uh, friends, of fire come back. One of my favorite horses and just, uh, you know, super, super excited to see him come back and see what he can do now as a uh, six-year-old. Nick, can you enlighten us on, on anything that uh, you may tell Steve Beck tomorrow? Well, I wish I, I will tell Steve, Steve Beck this tomorrow, but you guys are getting it first. But yeah. I mean, I will say that very strong on the name angle in race eight with number four. Now you can't leave a nod to a Bronx tale. Of course, the uh, bar fight scene. So very, very good work by Bob Mazziello with the name here. Um, this is an interesting race. I actually, I'm going to try a bit of a price. I'm not really sure if she's good enough, but I'm willing to find out. I read Ortiz and the chart caller caught it. And it last time out on bonkers, absolutely lost his iron just inside the quarter pole. His foot was out. He had to steady her for a couple of strides. She ended up making a decent late move when he got everything righted. And, you know, this time around, it's probably unlikely that something like that will happen again. So we'll see what happens. It's second time maker now. Uh, not that Arno Delacour is a fool by any means, but we'll see what this horse has with a bit cleaner trip. And it's a race really from top to bottom. I think that's pretty wide open. I thought that that wow was interesting as well. She ran into three really good horses to begin her career in New York, including technical analysis, who won an allowance race last week and looks like a stake horse. So I thought wow was a little interesting at the price too in the nightcap. Um, so yeah, that's bonkers was my, my maybe one price in those, those couple of races like Spencer. I'm excited to see Forenze fire and see if Chateau can wire him. Chateau was ran well enough last time and lost to me to, to what's the best sprinter in the country and mischievous Alex, if he's able to keep, uh, keep duplicating these now three performances he's had for Sappy Joseph. Can he shift West, Nick? What's that? Can he, can he shift West mischievous Alex? Cause last time I checked the Breeders' Cups at Del Mar this year. It is. Yeah. Oh, he can Jesus certainly amass Christ, plenty of credentials guy. before, but I mean, if Flagstaff would actually be willing to run back in California, we'll see if he's the king of the castle. Um, I guess CZ Rocket could be too, but it's all California guys shipping around now. That's the problem. We got to get more people out there to you. You know, we got to be more welcoming. I'm I'm not touching that one. I'm leaving that one alone. McCarthy's going out there. He's going to be the third best rider out there right now. Yeah, Trevor McCarthy joins the the West Coast circuit as soon. I I didn't see him have any mounts on Friday, but or Saturday, maybe Sunday. I'm not hundred percent. I know. I know they said he's going to go out there for, I think the couple last weeks, then he's going to go to Los Al and then obviously Delmar. Okay. So he's not even going to try to stand either for the last couple of weeks. going to wait. I think Next it said time. he was going to be out there in a couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. He's not staying in New York. He's actually written very, very well, but that's a good, that seems like a good setup agent wise with, uh, with Lawson. And so he'll get on a lot of live horses. So. You know, makes, the move makes sense. They ruined his chance to be in New York long term by putting the rule in or having the rule on him and his wife. Yes, correct. So that's I guess why she, he's moving. Right. And she's not going to ride out there. So um, that's, you know, I guess the way they're going to handle it. It's nice to see him coming from uh, Laurel and some five claimers to go up to uh, California. And maybe you can hit up the taco truck uh, festival with you, Tyler, huh? That's right. We got the best tacos in the country. Yep. Well, heard every week. Not even insulted. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, Nick, what do you got going on this week? I mean, you're still putting out the videos for In the Money on uh, on YouTube. Go check those out. You got Steve Bick tomorrow. You were on uh, Redboard Rewind. You grace Spencer with some star power. Uh, what else you got cooking, brother? Well, I got Twin Spires picks every day. I'm on the uh, expert pick section there. So I'll have a Gulfstream 
the next every day basically and uh arlington now every day so have both of those over the weekend and yeah the in the money analysis i'm doing a lone star podcast for in the money every sunday so they're a they're a big sponsor of the network and we're appreciative of uh, of them so i'll be talking about the early double i'm going to try and bring in some texas type guests um we'll see you know if that extends i've, I've put in a note to see if ted cruz is back from cancun and see if maybe he can stop Smart. by um Smart. you know figures he's got a little bit of free time he's a local guy anyway so i'm going to see if i can do his on location but uh, yeah it'll be a lot of fun it's i'm going to be with the network now for uh the next few months and i'm looking forward to it it's it's you know a lot of good way to pass time and i mean look i can't keep having all this arts and crafts stuff my wife has in my office without earning extra money yeah i mean you got to hustle uh it's certainly something that other people on the network like spencer don't get but you get it um and it, thank you for coming on spencer redboard rewind um you're going to some kind of cosplay convention soon talk about it uh just going away this weekend going to gaysburg trying to get a little uh, little rest and relaxation after derby uh guests for next week already already in uh big a anthony stabile coming in giving us some more naira star power and uh me and PTF just uh, filmed the first of this week's Lone Star podcast. That one's up right now on the network. You can listen to it. And uh, I'm going to be PTF's guest tomorrow for Saturdays. So starting it off with a bang. Spencer, you're doing a Civil War reenactment, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look like At least the, the scene from Remember the Titans, right? That's like a great Gettysburg scene. <laughs> yeah. I just want to give Spencer, uh, you know, a standing applause. Mike can stand up right now. Because he planned a trip between the Derby and Preakness and convinced his wife that it was her idea. Correct. That's impressive. <laughs> that, that is kind of sly. Congrats. Uh, Tyler, you're going to be back with me next week. I imagine, I don't know, you're panhandling outside of Home Depot. Uh, you might be going fish tacos. Uh, I've got... I've actually got important work to do, Stu. I got contests on Friday. I got contests Saturday. And I've well, got you might be able to talk to Nick. Yeah, you may be able to teach us something about contests. I can't teach anybody anything about contests. It's, it's a game of love. Yeah, no, you got to learn from Nick. Nick's actually a contest player. You'd be, I su know. You'd be surprised. Those guys, they can win easy? big tournaments. Really big that high. As long as it's not in California. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. As long as it's not on California racing, I did finish. I finished third in the World Horse Player Tour event, but that was because I hit the Preakness. Correct. So, yeah, as long as it's not on California, I am. I'm in good shape. That is. You got that the same accurate. problem I do. You don't ship. I don't ship. No, I am like the reverse lava man. So put me in California, and I have a problem. I do enjoy the scenery, though. I will admit, but yeah, yeah I think I had a winning day in California. 2014 that was about the only time and you know if i hadn't bet that last few hundred on tonalist i would have gotten a big check mm -hmm. but the problem was i did he ran up the track and john conti got my big check so yeah. god rest his soul uh, I'll, I'll at least concede that john conti was a bit better than me that day and and in my first nhc as well when i had to listen to him unleash a stream of profanities about how he loved the 19 to 1 winner of the last santa anita was he holding the magnifying glass as he was screaming I think he was using it like a bishop uses a miter. We were all going to get it sort of plunged into our souls if possible. But it was a whole, you know, a whole filibuster about how he effing loved that horse. And he told you, and he told you, and he told you. And I thought, man, that guy deserves every bit of this half mil, no doubt about it. Beautiful stuff, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, 
we'll see after a while.